you're absolutely mad. The riots began because the stores could not meet the demands of Sutter Kane's novel, In the Mouth of Madness. Kane disappeared two months ago without a trace. You're the guy that writes horror books. You can forget about Stephen King. Kane outsells them all. I need to know if he's alive or dead, and I need that book. It's a setup. It's just a, I just have to work out how it's set up. Kane's writing has been known to have an effect on his readers. See this? It's a map. This whole thing has been staged. You just get out. This is not reality. It's all happening for real, Trent. episode 5 of Ben and Matt's Festival of Findings, a celebration of the odd, obscure, underappreciated, and best forgotten video games, movies, and media of yore. I am the Casanova Benjamin Tucker, and I am joined by the man who puts the hot and hot dog. Matt, happy day to you. Happy day to you too, Ben. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, because I watched a fan-freaking-tastic movie that puts Prince of Darkness out to the kiddie pool we are talking today i agree with you on that one of all the things you've said about prince of darkness i agree with that one yes we are talking today about 1994's in the mouth of madness the final stop on john carpenter's apocalypse trilogy matt we have we've made it through our first epic journey here how are you feeling right now i'm feeling good i'm excited this is bar none of my favorite horror movie it's my favorite john carpenter movie i love in the mouth of madness i've watched it too many times i think it was probably one of my top five like cinematic experience there's like a whole event that came around with me seeing this movie for the first time in person and it was oh i love it i saw it in 70 millimeter or 35 millimeter i don't know i saw it in like an original you watched it with multiple millimeters yeah i watched it on like a real like projector not a digital projector well i've seen this movie one many times Oh, we've only seen it once, Ben. And it has captured my heart. Uh, and we're going to watch it again today as we provide a running commentary for 1994's In the Mouth of Manus. But before we get there, we're going to establish yeah. this with some context. And Matt, Ooh, this is uh, one of your favorite movies, so I'd like to hear your thoughts on it and just sort of what context you can provide us. Well, it's a psychological, very Lovecraftian horror movie. 
It came out late in John Carpenter's career. It came out in the 90s. Some people, a lot of people, will say this is the only good movie he made in the 90s. Um, it was directed and scored by John Carpenter, written by Michael DeLuca, the, what was he been? The president of... The president of production at New Line Cinema at the time. Mm-hmm. It stars Sam Neill, who's a great guy. Um, Charles Heston. And yeah, it's the final end of the Apocalypse trilogy. And it, it's, it's a movie that fully embraces its thematic um, companion, which is H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, Sutter Kane is uh, like a anagram for Stephen King. It's a very, very close and very self-aware movie. And um, Ben, I'm I'm really interested. What what's your like opinion of it? What did, what did it strike in you? What did, what did you think of it? It's it's strange because it's really a movie surrounding one twist, and mm-hmm. you get what the twist is about halfway through, and yet. Watching the descent into madness, no pun intended, um, with the characters and seeing their world unravel and seeing how much, uh, just seeing the full scope of Mm -hmm. what Sutter Kane, the author outside of the movie, is doing is the power of his fiction. Yes, the power of his fiction is really powerful. And Ben, Ben, you know, something that might be interesting to you, um, I heard this today, a uh. A favorite film of ours, um, Wes Craven's A New Nightmare, yes. actually addresses a lot of very similar themes to this, but from a very different perspective. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's very similar in theme. It's about how the art can, like, how dangerous can art be. And, you know, like, this movie talks about all about how more people believe in Sutter Kane than believe in the Bible and all these other religious themes. So this is a really strange time for horror um, mm-hmm. in the mainstream because you see in the late 90s a bunch of this is around the era where uh, the slasher movies of the 80s are being beaten into the ground yeah, um, they're done. <laughs> and you see a bunch of movies like A New Nightmare like In the Mouth of Madness that take a more meta existential look at mm-hmm. what makes horror what defines horror and how it interacts with the public at large and it's not really talked about very much, just this yeah. handful of movies that all came out at about the same time. But yeah. if I, I had mean, to... looking... S- yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, looking at the top movies of 94, like, specifically, it's In the Mouth of Madness, Wes Craven's A New Nightmare, Cemetery Man, uh, Interview with a Vampire, Death Machine, The Crow, and Puppet Master 5. And The Puppet Master, which also apparently came out that year. <laughs> That's when you know you're running yeah. a franchise and, but, under the but, ground. Yeah, but yeah, like you were saying, like these movies were getting to beat the shit. Like, let's look at the rest of this. Pumpkinhead 2, Blood Wings. Oh my god. <laughs> we're watching that. The Lurking Fear, Leprechaun 2, actual good movie. Um, yeah, then a bunch of other weird movies I haven't seen. Witchcraft 4, The Devil's Mistress, 666. Wonderful. Now, what I will say is that besides being the last film in John Carpenter's Apocalypse Trilogy, which mm-hmm. is you've so expertly defined over the past several weeks, is is the the end of everything in some yep. way, shape, or form. Yeah, um, each one of them is a different re- part of reality being destroyed, a different part of humanity being destroyed. Yes. Um, one thing this movie has in common with 
1982's The Thing and 1987's Prince of Darkness is that reviewers utterly hated it. Hooray! Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever watch the uh, film review of, of um, Roger Ebert reviewing the movie? This movie? Yeah. I read his review of it. It was not very nice. Uh, really? Yeah. He actually compared it to A New Nightmare. He said, ironically, the most recent Elm Street movie, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, about a movie director who finds his horror films are seeping over into real life, covers similar ground in a much more original way, and it has better special effects. Damn. Yeah. Right for the throat right there. Right for the throat. Yeah, he, he says, one wonders how In the Mouth of Madness might have turned out if the script had contained even a little more wit and ambition. What a dick. Yeah, I. this is just not Roger Ebert's type of film. No, I think um, he just hates but, John Carpenter. <laughs> but his his sentiment was shared amongst a bunch of people. I found mm-hmm. on sfgate.com, which was an oh, online that. review from 1995, right, when the movie Ooh. came out. In the United States. Yes. And it's very similar in its negativity. Here we go. Quote, it's a weakness of this whole subgenre that the relationship between everyday reality and horror reality is not explicitly defined. The worlds inevitably overlap, but usually in ways that are more convenient for the filmmaker than consistent for the viewer. Which is explained by the like the nature of the movie because it's yes. a book. Yeah, because it's a book. It's literally a it's book. It's being written. Which yeah, You're watching a book, which is, I think, part of my favorite thing is I love audiobooks. Which, love books. to be fair, the tagline for this movie, have you lived any good books lately, is which one is, of the biggest spoilers well, for a movie I've ever seen in a tagline. I, but the, I mean, but you you don't know to, it until you sim- watch it. But it's true. But similar to late H.P. Lovecraft horror, like when you read In the Mouth of Madness, you're gonna you know what you're getting into, and it's kind of like it's clear the 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 book is called In the Mountains of Madness. Yes, you know exactly what you're going into, and it, it's based in this reality where it's already okay. Everyone already knows what's coming on. And so it's similar into this in this movie, I think. But I think a lot of people weren't kind of with it. Moving yes. beyond the critical reception, yes. uh, we turn towards the movie itself. Okay. Um, and there's a bunch of different anecdotes about the movie that I found. Uh, whereas, for example, they had to shrink the budget from $15 million to $10 million. But even better is we can see what they wanted from this movie before their budgets were cut because i happened to find on the internet purposes. a 1992 copy of a script in the mouth of madness by michael deluca Ooh. and i've notated a couple of the differences between the movie and the script <laughs> you read this script i know you did <laughs> yeah i read through the whole thing i love it the interesting stuff comes towards the end of the script one of the smaller things is that in the movie, it said that he delivered the manuscript like nine months beforehand and a movie's coming out next month. Yeah. Which seems yeah. really random. And it is because when you look at the script, he delivered it three days beforehand and they just finished the rights for the movie deal, which makes oh, okay. a lot more sense. But that's a great line in the, in the movie. It is. And think about it, it's reality being augmented. Of course the book, movie's going to come out that quickly. Because Sutter Kane made it. He controls reality now. 
There's a lot of there's a lot of bits in the movie that I can mention where you see Sutter Kane's power. Yeah. What I find most interesting in this original draft of the script, okay, is the different ending. Oh, what? The final three pages of the script are different. Uh, so we have the psychologist Ren, and I'm going to uh, read from where it starts to diverge. So wait, wait, wait. you want to re- read along, Ben? I can do one character. You can do another. Sure. Uh, we're going to start on page 99 of 102. I'll be uh, Ren. You can be everyone else. So Ren, okay. just for people who have a hard time remembering names like me, he's the uh, official who sits down with Trent and listens to his story for the length of the movie. So where we are right now is he just finished his conversation with Trent who just recounted the moments of the movie, and he's leaving. He's going to talk to the doctor, uh, Yarborough, who's going to ask him about what he said. Ren walks away with Yarborough. Did he have anything to say? It was useless. Thinks he's fiction, and that Sutter Kane's causing the epidemic. Do you read Sutter Kane? Ren declines to answer. Cut to interior, Long Island Railroad train, night. Ren sits, looking out into the night, he turns away from the window and stares at his fellow passengers. Several of them are reading Kane's new book. Their eyes appear glassy and wide. Weird smiles and expressions. Ren starts to feel uncomfortable. Another 13 dead in what appears to be random murder spree across the tri-state area. In an unrelated story, nothing new on the outbreak of cannibalism in the nation's capital. Ren rises and moves to another car as the broadcast fades out. The people reading the book turn and watch him go. Cut to interior, Ren's kitchen, night. Ren is having a cup of coffee. His wife is cleaning off the kitchen counter. A crash startles Ren. Boom! He turns to his wife and sees that she's dropped the coffee pot. It's shattered on the floor. I'm so clumsy lately. <laughs> As she says this, she scrapes her fingernails against the surface of the floor, creating a high-pitched screech. Ren winces. Honey, please. Cut to interior state facility, night. Trent is seen in a chair in the rec room watching TV. We hear a news announcer give his report. Multiple stabbings marred a family reunion in New Mexico. Trent stares at the TV unimpressed. More on that after this special report on the Sutter Kane phenomenon. One of the guards changes the channel by remote. Another patient, a small wiry man, sits down next to Trent. He's got a copy of In the Mouth of Madness. He shows it to Trent. You want it when I'm done? No. I'm waiting for the movie. Trent starts to laugh. The patient next to him joins in. Soon, the whole room is laughing. Cut to exterior state facility, night. The laughter echoes out over the grounds. (laughs) Cut to interior, Ren's bathroom, night. Ren gets ready for bed. He washes his face, then dries it. He looks at himself in the bathroom mirror. On the mirror, we can see his wife in the mirror's reflection. She's in bed, reading. Reading Kane's book. On Ren, as he heads into the bedroom. (sighs) Damn Trent. Cut to interior, Ren's bedroom, night. Rin crosses the room and climbs into bed next to his wife. He stares at her. Like the book. She nods. Almost done. Rin rolls over, facing away from her. Tiny bit nervous. Feeling okay? Of course. Rin closes his eyes. 
he hears a sudden giggle. <laughs> Darling. What? The lights in the room go out, but we see Ren's wife's eyes glow in the dark. We hear something move. Something wet. I can see. And it's beautiful. Fade to black, the end. I am so glad they changed the ending. I like that ending a lot on, on script. I think it has a great book ending. I think it misses the point though. Yeah, no, no. I think the ending we get is better with him in the theater. I, yeah, I feel I feel like it sort of detracts from what they're trying to do with the movie. Yeah. You know? So I think that if they played the movie straight, this would have been a good ending. But exactly, yeah. I'm, this would have been like a very serious movie. I'm really happy that they made it not necessarily deeper, but they focused on the deeper aspect of it. Yeah, I agree. So. So. I mean, there's only so much more trivia we can jump into. I think it's time. You I think, think it's time? It's time? This movie on. You think it's time? For the deepest of dives. Yeah, dude. We're just going to watch this whole movie waiting for Hayden Christensen to show up. That's right. His first movie. Riding yeah. on a bike. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now going to take the deepest of dives <sighs> into In the Mouth of madness. Um, so what we're going to do is we are going to sync up everything at the same time and we are going to play this all together. I'm at a black screen. It is one hour, 35 minutes, 22 seconds long. Matt, are you ready? For all intents and purposes. All right. So we're going to do three, two, one, play. And on the play, we're going to play. All right. I'm at zero, zero. I'm ready. All right. Three, two. One, play, go. Oh my god, it actually worked. We got the New Line yeah. logo coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. Got that sweet music starting. Mm. New this Line is the house Cinema. that Freddie built. The house that Freddie built. Oh yeah. New Line A Productions presents. I, so I was reading reviews of this and people really complained about the soundtrack. I liked it. Sam Neill. I love the soundtrack. People said it's it didn't John fit with the movie. I didn't think it detracted yeah. from it. So do you know the story behind that, actually? Behind the music? Behind why the music is like this. No. So when they were when they were test screening the movie before John Carpenter did the music, they, they were like, oh, I don't know what to put as the opening music. Something that has rock in it is what John Carpenter said. And so the guy was like, what rock band do I know? Metallica. And he put like one over it and the entire crowd was like he like jamming out to it and got like super pumps and so that's why they went with this music intro you know and speaking of movie screenings i know someone who went to a screening out here for the godzilla movie coming out next year yeah he said it was a lot more actiony and a lot more bland than the first one Mm. Is, didn't he probably sign an nda before that movie because i've gone to screenings and oh, i had to did. sign ndas he did Okay. Do you want to say his name? Look at those books print. Oh, yeah. They, they uh, similar to when they printed it, uh, like, um, when they filmed in uh, Prince of Darkness at uh, UIC, this was, I can't remember what the name of the facility was, but they were only allowed in here for, like, 45 minutes to get all these shots. Like, after set up, they got set up, and they were like, oh, you got 45 minutes, go. I, I have to say... Like, after Prince of Darkness, I was worried about John Carpenter. 
I was like, is this game more <laughs> misses than hits? Because this is like his magnum opus trilogy. But This is his magnum opus. This is what makes it the magnum opus. Yeah. This, this movie more than rectifies the suffering I went through for Prince of Darkness. Dying a hole. And this, and this, and funnily enough, this movie takes place um, when he's not working with the same cinematographer anymore. And yeah, there's it some, shows. Uh, there's some, there's some bits in here where you can see that cinema, like this, this shot right here. These really long shots were very reminiscent of his old cinematographer. Ben, did you did you listen to the audio commentary for this film? I wanted to, but I didn't get a chance to. I, I read through Don't. I read through like a summary of it. It's it's mostly just them talking about how cool the lighting is. Yeah, I'm a failed film student. I don't care about that. Yeah. You haven't failed yet, Ben. No, no, I have. I have. Not yet. No, no, no. You you don't fail until you until you move back to somewhere else that's not Hollywood. Are are you trying to keep me away from Chicago, Matt? No. Just wait. Just wait until we move to Denver. Oh, oh I love this. Is that my cards? Yeah. Oh shit. Get him! Get him! Go, Sam Neil. The best kicking in a dick. Yeah. Right. Boom. Oh, so so the so the story with with which I like how I saw this movie, I saw it at a twenty four hour film festival. And it was the movie that played right at midnight. Oh, that's awesome. And the mo- and the theater was packed with all the people who were staying the rest of the night. <laughs> that is my balls. favorite line from this movie. I don't know what I love about it, but it's just so innocent in a movie yeah. just about losing your mind. Well, knowing the context, he's performing there, remember? Yes. He's making. He's doing this to make sure he gets arrested. Also, the guy who got kicked looks like a WWE wrestler. Wow, it's really a shame that all these people that aren't insane are being held in this insane asylum. Yeah, it's really like convenient. His hair looks like my hair when I don't cut it. You shouldn't cut it. You should grow your hair out so you look more like him. It would work better. Yeah, but then my mom gets upset. Fuck her. Dude, that's weird. Someone has to. I I almost feel like it's more apropos that it's the Carpenters and John Carpenter did the music for this movie. Well, that's that's why they did it. Was because it was like, oh, John Carpenter, huh? And they couldn't afford the Beatles. And they couldn't afford the Beatles. That's like that's the first main reason. It is pretty relaxing. I love this shot of just his eyes darting around. Watch the uh, color of the eyes of everyone who gets a tight a close up. Yeah, everyone's close up uh, of their eyes. They're all blue. Everyone's got blue yeah. eyes because Sutter Kane loves the color blue. Yeah, that's one of my favorite bits. Like, at, like the second time I saw the movie, I I start I start I was like, why is everyone's eyes are why are everyone's eyes blue? I wouldn't get too oh. close to that glass. You'll probably cut yourself. I love that shot with that hand, like the way it looks when it just kind of shoots in. It's so creepy, Be, mm-hmm. because the fact it shoots in like that is really jarring. 
Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's like it should happen. And the fact that it's a cl- it's a consistent shot just really kind of sets it sets the tone. You know, watching this section back is really Cuz this is only the second time you've watched it, right? Yeah, this is only the second time I've watched it. But I gotta say, this intro is really totally different from even the horror aspects of the rest of the film. I think that's because there's not a lot of other scary stuff. True. It's really (laughs) almost like a red herring in a way of what the movie's gonna be like. It's like like having the trailers for Mother make the movie look like a horror movie to trick people into going seeing a weird art house movie about God. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't have made sense if they made the ads look terrible like the film. I liked Mother. We've had this discussion in episode three, I think. Probably. We're not having it again. You can watch it again. I like how they I I love so like you remember how you said the the tagline spoils the movie they kind of do that right here yeah but you don't really like I honestly the whole movie's pretty much spoiled right from the beginning if you have any semblance of context but um, even if you don't have but even with the context I think it makes the movie really intense because it's you the the story and the outcome isn't what's interesting about the story it's the it's the way you get to that point because right now this outcome isn't that interesting he's a crazy dude yeah but the way he got here is what really matters so can you clarify this for me mm-hmm. matt I can try why does this guy want to bother trying to get Trent out of there is is it just him analyzing to see if the Southern Kane books has anything to do with this or mm-hmm. because he effectively writes him off at the end of the movie yeah I think it's it's a combination of it's his job to like evaluate all of the patients I, I mean in a way he's really just a reverse MacGuffin to get yeah. the dude to like Tell say what he wants but but it, well, Ben, think about this. Sutter Kane wanted a character to set off the beginning of his cheesy horror novel. I know that, so but, but you, don't, shows up with you the, don't want to rely on that too heavily because then it turns into Prince of Darkness. Only if you hate it. Fuck Prince of Darkness. But it's just—it's very similar. It was a long time ago, Jimmy. Well, maybe maybe he's just like super, like as like a character, he's super interested in, since like the actual like events are taking place and the people, society, and the people who haven't read it, can probably clearly see that everything's going to shit. And so they're like, they found out that he like worked on the case to get the book back. What what I find interesting is that for people who don't like the movie, they think that the that everything up until Hobbs end is the good part of the movie. And then it goes downhill from there. I think the second act is a little, has like some like bits that drag, but even then I really like them. So it's kind of hard to say. I think the whole movie is pretty like it starts at like a 10 and kind of stays there with that intro music kind of sets you up for the rock and roll journey you're about to take. 
And it's only an hour and a half. It's tight. It's Very a concise tight. film. You know what else is tight? My abs. Mm. That man's haircut. See, now I'm watching this the second time back, and I'm looking for just smaller details mm-hmm. that I may have missed from the first time around. Yeah, this is my sixth time watching the movie, and only my second watching it with someone else who likes it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Every other person, everyone I've shown it to has been like, what, why? This movie's dumb. Damn right. I like how we don't talk over this part. We talk, we talk over the balls line, all the good parts. Well, because those are the parts worth discussing. No, I mean, this is... Character development. Yeah, you know. it's Watching back on all these early scenes, though, it's really funny how different, how, how normal everything is in terms of a horror movie until um, the axe comes in. Yeah. Well, that that's like the that's like the inciting incident. I I like watching stuff now and trying to think about how people would force it into the um like the um oh, Marvel yeah, Cinematic Universe. I wish. No, um <coughs> the here into the hero's journey. And like how every story is about the hero's journey. And, like, where, like, the refusal to adventure is and, like, where, like, he's, like, forced to accept it. You know, like, all of these, like, narrative points that he says hit in every story. It's actually kind of depressing how many movies adhere so strongly to that format. I took a class on Hollywood film structure and about 95% of uh, movies follow the hero's journey down to about the page number in a script. Yeah. I took a... I took a uh history of no, a what was it an exploration and storytelling was the name of the class it was a like 300 level like performance class it was crazy it was the weirdest class i've ever taken i really dislike the cuts here i mean i don't notice it so i don't think it's particularly strange i, I just, see i wish and I feel like if the movie was made nowadays, it would do this more. It would be awesome yeah. if they did just one straight two shot. And then I you had the guy this. coming out of the store and you're not even paying attention to him until he breaks the window. Yeah, the cuts to him. I could I could live with these cuts, but the cuts to him walking, I really dislike. But I think that's that's... Of the times, and I think that's just because both of us kind of like 70s and 80s horror filmmaking. Yeah. I love 70s horror. Oh, I'm more of an 80s guy, but I can appreciate it. I just like 70s filmmaking in general. That was really good. It's my golden age. Delayed reaction. <laughs> I love that they keep having just a normal conversation until literally reality breaks. No, it was a window that broke. Yeah, the greatest line delivered in this whole movie. 
his voice is so fucking like dubbed over. I mean, I wish I had that voice. Do you read Cidicane? Here's another example of the budget being low. What? No blood? No no bullet holes? No bullets. Yeah, nothing. Just flashes. Do you read Cidicane? I love it. I like there were some people that really felt like HP Lovecraft could have like had this effect. I I went to a uh, a pagan ritual once. Of course, uh, as this, we all do. Yeah. And I and there was like a they had like a cocktail hour afterwards. And I was talking to this one guy who clearly did a lot of drugs but was like one of like the guys who led the uh the facility in which the uh ritual happened at. And he was talking about how he spent a year embracing um the the stories of hp lovecraft as realities and how like his whole world broke down and like everything went insane he said he felt like he was on acid for a year and a half that's terrifying i love how all of sutter kane's books are loosely named after lovecraft books and I i literally have the list pulled up in front of me yeah and they even quote roughly directly lovecraft when she's when she's reading from the book it is a direct quote which is kind of funny because it makes out sutter kane to be a hack writer like like well no because well because that's that's them taking digs at stephen king right well carpenter and king were friends but yes well that's why he's taking the piss off friendly digs Hey, you. So, in the original draft of the script, there was a small addendum to this where the world starts to deteriorate faster. And he goes talk, and he talks to the receptionist, and the receptionist has like blood on her. Oh. Yeah, that ended up getting taken out of the final version. I think that's probably for the best. I agree. Because that's way too early for the weird shit to start going. Yeah, it just gets blown your load too early. There's the Stephen King line. They use that line like two or three times. Because mm-hmm. it's funny. I mean, it was probably at the time he was so big. The, well, this movie strikes me as just like Michael DeLuca and John Carpenter are like, hey, let's just take the piss out of like Modern really horror. shitty writers and your pal King and just horror movies. Let's just... They just have a fun movie. Yeah, let's just where let's just where everyone's time. reality is destroyed. Ha <laughs> ha. I love the way this do they do that character reveal there. Yeah, it's so random. Uh, it's it's very book like. Yes. Like that, that that's again this is one of my favorite things about this movie is that there's aspects of it that are very much like the novel like a like a novel would be i would love to read the novelization of this of this movie it'd be incredible like, would that not be, be the best reverse thing ever if they released it yeah like 10 years later well it would be it'd about be... 24 right now you know shit imagine if stephen king wrote the book for this under the name under Sutter the name Kane. Sutter Kane, yeah. And it just randomly showed up. Hmm. 
I smell sexual tension that won't be fulfilled. Welcome to the 90s. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, dude, that... he comes across as a massive creep. Trent he does. He's a creep. He's, he's an insurance guy. He's He is creepy. No, this is like sexual harassy here. It's John Carpenter. Fair enough. Yeah. There, he... there are like weird sexual like male dominance overtones in all of his movies. There we go. Look at that. Here it is. Here mm. it is. Look at that. Closing. Hey, baby. He's got her held up against the wall. Like, he puts his hand up to lock her in place. Look look at her. Look, she's, like, she's stuck within his presence. She's a power move. I can only imagine Carpenter goes to her, like, okay, I want you to look like you know you're about to get raped. Yeah, like that. Okay, great. Like, lingering, unwanted sexual tension. It's so bizarre, though, because that has nothing to do with his character or the script or anything that develops, really. I guess you could say that it shows that they're not on the same playing field, but it feels so... He doesn't focus on women at all after this scene, so it just feels random. I really want to know why they gave the guy getting off the elevator a big pink box. He just walks out of the elevator with a big pink like gift box. Yeah, it's a good so, question. So blatant. <laughs> the first time. See, this time it's in reality too, which is even cooler. Who? Okay, who also just like stops at a poster? Uh, yeah, I it? I was thinking who about that when this? I first watched it. So so originally, between him looking at the poster and him seeing the guy getting beaten up, he'd ride on a subway, and they like the people looked sort of weird. Nothing really notable. It made more sense for them to... three and a half hours long. Yeah. This is a pretty, like, appropriate scene for modern day. I like the uh, random guy in the background there. Yeah, just kind of staring. Uh Uh-huh. Wait, why are they going to buy the Indian Mouth of Madness if the book hasn't come out yet in that scene there? Well, because it came out late. Oh, so okay. they so they have all the stuff for it, but the book's not there. available because he disappeared. That that's they why they're filing the insurance cut. claim. Oh, but it just it, it you've watched like this movie books. six times. Come on. Well, no, but I'm saying in that in that specific shot there, it looked like there was books sitting on the table as people were running after. Oh no, those are that's his previous book. Yeah, I figure, but like the fact that they had it all set up like that. I like how they really leaned into it with the Cthulhu-y looking creature. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like the logo. In Roger Ebert's review, he doesn't get any of the Cthulhu references at all. He's like, wow, this is really heavily based off of Stephen King. <laughs> it's like, I mean... Come on, man. Like, come on, Roger. He sees you. I honestly, I think the "I can I see it. you" thing is a little overplayed in this. Oh, I love it. I it, it's very. It doesn't. I don't think it really pays off well. There's uh, there's no real there's no real closure for it. It at least in the original draft of the script, when the wife says "I see you," mm-hmm. at least that's something. But there's no real like. What do you mean I can see? Oh, I can see. 
even though he does I, at the end, it's still not yeah, in the same. That, it's still not in the same context, though. But I mean, he can see those because he never reads any. He goes and sees it. Like his final action is seeing the movie. I still feel like it's different context of seeing. If that makes oh, any sense. Oh, it is. I was just trying to like arbitrarily argue. For oh, great! Your specialty. Gotcha, baby. It's the one-two classic. Smoke that cigarette, baby. Mm. To be fair, that's a that's a nice shot, like yeah. lighting-wise. I agree. I love how the ink slowly gets on his face too. Some of my favorite little things about this. Scene. I also like in that shot how it's just him in the book, mm-hmm. right? It's There's very nothing. it's very book-like once again. Whereas yeah. most of the time in a movie, he would be sitting there, you know, in it his shows room. The living room. Yeah. But there, it's just, because the book doesn't even describe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the book with the book we show it just describe him reading. Yeah. Yeah, the flow of this is so book like. I can see. He's got fucked up dreams. He's reading the book backwards. Oh, there we go. Oh, there right, we go. <laughs> he remembered. Oh, he remembered to keep dreaming. Back to sleep. So, to reiterate, the original zombified people in this mm-hmm. were much more Lovecraftian. Their arms were really long and gangly. They had wide mouths with these super big mm. grins. Oh. Um, it's, of course, you know, due to losing a third of their budget, they had to cut yeah. that out, but... Just a bit. I, I think it is almost more provocative in this setting, though, when they're normal-looking people. Yeah, it wouldn't have really made it... as much sense otherwise. Because yeah, cause the whole movie doesn't lean on people becoming, like, malformed. It really depends on them going insane. Yeah. Madness. At least he's there all by himself. Isn't Just that right? Just chilling. Just chilling. Having a good night. And what is that? <sighs> Jump scare. They don't even, like, earn these jumps. They even try. Carpenter in his commentary even admitted that it was like, yeah, I did that. That one sucked. He was like, I did that in Prince of Darkness, and it was so much better there. Yeah, it was was incredibly... That that is the one thing that Prince of Darkness has over this movie. Jump scares? No, that one jump scare. Yeah. How shitty must that ink be to give him a full-on... Yeah, look football how he... face. Well, his fingers are covered. I don't care. It's I'm like gonna he... smoke it off. Smoke it off, Claire. He doesn't look. There is there is ink on the on the cigarette too. You can see a little thumbprint on it. Yeah, and that's the least dangerous thing he's inhaling into oh, his no, body. Oh no! See, look, look. There was there was ink on the pen. He got it from his pen. That's still a shitty pen. It's the fucking eighties. Like, come yeah, on. Shitty. I've had pens break in 2017. Don't you start with me. I will start with you. I'll start with you real hard. Not the yeah, time nor the place. Again. Eh, not today. Arts and crafts. Arts and crafts. So, someone, someone in the theater when I first uh, saw this, he said, "Get the glitter glue." <laughs> 
the uh, the original version of the script, he spent a bit more time trying to figure out where Kane was before uh, figuring out the map from his different books. This this script really is written like a book, not like a movie script. And if if I mean, it clearly is written like a movie script, but it feels like a book. I mean, I like wouldn't say that, structure. but it was definitely a little more bloated. Like a book. Ah, well, cl- yeah, books are longer. They just have more. They aren't bloated, Ben. They just have more detail. He's so self-satisfied. Good old Hobbs End, which is a reference to the devil. Oh, it's also a. T- it's also a uh, Stephen King's reference. Yeah, and I think it was in something before Stephen King even. But Hob yeah. is a term for like demon or devil. It's an old term that's not really used anymore. Well, it's why it's why uh, the son of the Green Goblin is the Hobgoblin. Oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. It's an alternate reality game. That was a really awkward cut. That was clearly like a separate shot. I mean, if you pay attention to it enough, TV in particular is edited so horribly. I was modern TV. I I was was watching Santa Clarita Diet because I hate myself. Um, Just watch watch reality competition. I was was forced into it. I'm sure. But um, the editing between shots, if you look at the non-active participant's mouth, it's Mm -hmm. always off. That's hilarious. Always. It's really, really terrible. My favorite is the very obvious ADR. Yeah. Where, like, it, it's clearly, uh, like, when they were Alberto doing, like, live audio. <laughs> what? What? Oh, right. This isn't a wrestling podcast. Yet. Wait, what? I love this. This is so douchey. I love it, though. Mm-hmm. I need to get one of those for my car. He's just, like, so randomly an asshole. Yeah. For no re- Hey, you're awake. I also love how he has a New Zealand accent, which is never yeah. explained despite being from New York. Because that's what he thinks a New York That's what Sam Neill thought a New York accent was. It's so bad. Practice it for weeks, and they were just like, fuck it. It's a character trait. It's so bad. Like, it's, it's not even Australian-like. Yeah. Never throw chips at a driver, Ben. Never throw chips at a driver. They spent time on that scene in line. But yeah, it's not even that it's like actually like Australian or anything in particular. And it fades too. Yeah, when he's less active, it's more New York-y. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's a good bit. I love the road. All you can see is about 10 feet in front of you. They're all alone by themselves. 
it's yeah, once again it's, it's once again very uncinematic mm-hmm. because but it's also, well, it's also well, I mean, in, of the tunnel at well, the I mean, end. I mean in a way it is really cinematic because it looks cool but it's the it's the solitariness mm-hmm. of it they don't make the sides outside the car look like anything it's just right super they try to make it less the they try to make it less visual more about the characters we're probably reading far too much into it but it looks cool that's the point of the podcast oh is that it oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well this conversation is really important too it's about the whole themes of the movie it's the themes of the of the entire trilogy yeah. if the entire world thought it was re-zero see she's read too much Sutter Kane Oh, there's a little smile there. I think she's starting to to like him sexually. Yeah. Ben, calm down. Calm down, Carpenter. <laughs> I want him to punch her in the face. Oh, jeez. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can you imagine how terrible? I would be so scared. I I would floor it if that was in real life. If I saw a kid... On like a random street, and he was keep riding into the darkness. You mean on a random highway? Hi- even then, especially be, then, especially especially a highway. Because he's riding in the middle of the highway. I would be petrified. I probably would have hit him just to be safe. What the fuck? He's not spooky. If he's well, dead. You, well, you are in Chicago. You see, I'm learning. It's that Chirac mentality. Oh, I love oh. the mask on the kid looks so shit though. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. I I don't know why they wouldn't have just gotten an old man to do it. And then just enough. ADR the the mouth on uh, the voice on top or something. Mm-hmm. Putting her, her glasses on, making sure she can see. <laughs> Boom goes the dynamite. You're you're on a random highway. Just keep driving. Yeah, who's gonna know? Uh oh, he's upset. Full New Zealander coming out. Yep. Action scene. In hindsight, this is a really, like, random event. Well, I guess it's not. It's all sort of. I mean, well, she's he, starting to realize where they are. Yeah, but he's saying that he won't let them out, but they're not even in Hobbs End yet. Well, yes, they are. That's why she recognized the, um, the farm. That's why she's freaking out. Oh, they're already there. I thought that it wasn't in Hobson until they crossed the bridge. And well, that's when they're in like downtown Hobson. This whole time, they're already in the book. He he already read the books. Okay. So from the if you think about it, from the moment he reads the books, he goes insane. Or he goes into Hobbs End, effectively. Yeah, he's, he enters into the alternative reality. I can live that's with that. I, I I heard it mentioned on another th- a thing I was reading. I really wish they hadn't shown Styles until after he had read the books, 
since she is like an like an in-universe character that eventually disappears. But I mean, the intro for him reading the book is also in-universe. True. So I, I think that's kind of like a moot point. I guess. You know, when, when the entire book is a book, you can really yeah. do whatever you want. And that's one of the things I like about this movie. Because Prince of Darkness is the opposite. Prince of Darkness is, hey, let's use science to explain how the devil exists. And that's stupid. By the way, that shot right there was used with, like, just the door and wheel of a car. It wasn't actually an actual car driving. It seems like a real waste of money to me, but what do I know? Uh, A lot. Thank you. You know more than I do, though. We just know different things, Ben. Oh. Well, you know how to compliment super well. I know. And you know how to take a compliment like a champ. Oh, this is just awesome. I'd vomit. <laughs> oh, they made it. How convenient. How lovely. Enjoy your stay. That makes me think, remember um, the scene in Freddy's Dead when they're all driving around and they get stuck doing the loop? Yeah. That whole scene does too with him, like, with the open space shot. Mm hmm. Oh, there's the train tracks. Now they're on the wrong side of the train tracks. How How do you know, though? Because look at it. Look at that house. It does look pretty wrong. Yeah, and there was train tracks. Oh, they forgot to hire the extras today. (laughs) It would be sort of interesting if, like, Stephen King created a book that had uh, sort of a conglomeration of all of his different books that take place in, like, Derry, you know? Yeah. And and, cool. I, and I mean, he sort of does that where he references, like, in the Dark Tower movies, he references Pennywise. Or the Dark mm-hmm. Tower books, he references Pennywise. And smaller stuff like that. But it'd be awesome if there was one book that somehow combined so many different concepts. Yeah, I agree. This sounds like There's... a really stupid Marvel Universe equivalent, which I guess it is. But don't ruin my dreams. There's actually an author called uh, named Simon R. Green. And all his books takes pl- take place in the same universe, but they're like they follow drastically different storylines. Yeah. But you like see all of his characters interact and and know about each other over time. Oh, that's awesome. And like so- some series link like heavily, some series just like occasionally mention something. It's really cool. It's like kind of like that, but it pulls it off. But it doesn't have like that final conglomerative book. But there's a lot of instances of, like, direct correlation. By the way, so in the original version of the script, when they transition from the farm into... Or when they transition from the road into town, mm-hmm. instead of having that cool light sequence where the car is driving and sort of dreamlike, 
they arrive to a grassy field, there's nothing there, and then they hear a random buzzing, and then all of a sudden a town just appears. That would have been really stupid. Yeah. They, 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 they cut that intelligently. Yes. Oh, they also, when they had the bike boy, when mm-hmm. he was hit with the car, uh, they took out the line Trent told her when he was trying to comfort her, and he said, come on, they probably all inbreed out here. I wonder why they cut that. Yeah, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Ooh. To be fair, for having a draft of a script almost three years before the, b- movie, comes before the movie comes out, it's pretty similar. Could you imagine if someone else had directed this movie? It had two other directors directors attached to it. It would have sucked. I bet if Michael DeLuca directed it, it would have been okay. Yeah, yeah, it would have been only, it would have been interesting to see his take on it. I wish someone like David Lynch would take hold of this movie. Dude, that'd be so great. It'd be so interesting to see his take on like the presentation of it. I just wish more more um, directors would try to actually really pull off H.P. Lovecraft horror because there's only been like two good hp lovecraft horror movies it's this and it's um reanimator oh reanimator yeah yeah those are the i haven't seen reanimator in a while but i liked it yeah i haven't seen it since i was really young but it was really good i love that she's been she's been like a cute old lady in a bunch of movies yeah that was some top quality pixar animation Look at look at the effects in this movie, and remember we're only five years away from um, the Matrix. We're only it came out like a year after Jurassic Park, I think. <laughs> that was practical. That that I think. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Well, I wonder what the budget on Jurassic Park was compared to this movie. A lot. Yes. Hello. Oh, wow. What was the budget of this movie? Uh, ten million. Jurassic Park had a $63 million budget. Honestly, it's not that much different. I, I mean, it's six times the amount, but given the differences in budgets nowadays... I guess. Yeah. $250 million, $150 million, $2 million. That's why Tyler Perry's so successful. So all these quotes from the book, which are loosely based off Lovecraft, were none of them were in the original uh, script. All these were added in, and I once again I think that was probably for the best. Mm-hmm. 
I wonder like, if they were carpenters idea. Or in in the original, all he says is this place had once been the seat of an evil older than mankind and wider than the known universe. And, what? and that's it. Hmm. I'd be really confused. Yeah. Oh, he still had all his legs. Good old doggo. When I first watched this, I didn't even notice that he lost a leg. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I was like, "What? what's the big deal? The dog's just hanging out with him now. It's like, oh, I guess they're friends after all. They're just buddies. You know this is a real church, right? Yeah. You can, like, go and visit it. The sanatorium... Or the crazy house is, I think, a water treatment plant. Huh. Yeah, it was used in a couple other movies, but after 9-11, you can't film there anymore. Why? I don't know, terrorists? I like how she knows they have guns already. Well, yeah, because she read the couple chapters of the book. Yeah, after the beginning of the novel. Which is really fucking weird, because then she should have known that she was in it. That's part of what she read. She didn't read the full script. She didn't read the part she was in yet. Too bad she didn't make the rewrite. The first time I saw this cut, I was in love. Jenny! This, that's so like unintentionally funny to me. Yeah. You know who that guy is, right? Is that him? From Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, shit! You're right! Oh, my God! (laughs) It's, uh... What's his name? The main villain, Vito. Like, Lord... Yeah, Vigo! Vigo, yeah, Vigo. Get him, boys. I love how you can tell who the dog's trainer is. Because yeah. all the dog does is he races up and grabs their heavily padded arm. I I, I mean, like, it's good. That was the saddest <laughs> shotgun blast I've yeah. ever seen. He didn't even react or didn't kick. Yeah. He must be a very strong man. Just so depressed. Like, like I'm sorry. I don't want... Oh. Yeah, look, look at the dude wearing a jacket. Trips onto the ground. Why oh, did no. he close the doors? He bumped into him. I think that guy's been, like, attacked by dogs in hundreds of movies. See, that's what it looks like when you have cooties. You mean herpes? I adore that line. What the fuck that? Yeah. Fuck that. The acting here is so much better than Prince of Darkness. It's not stellar, but it's so much better. You're not wrong, but you really hate that movie for some reason. 
because it's bad. It's also it's weird that I've bad. made the Jurassic Park reference since the main characters, you know, in Jurassic in, Park. In Jurassic Park. Yeah. And he's like in a he's in Jurassic Park in a mate. He did both these movies in the same year. Think about that. What a fucking year. Right? For Sam Neill. This must have been like his vacation movie. You know, like how after yeah. doing any of the Avengers movies, uh, uh, they all do indies. What What's his face would always do some weird like Romeo and Juliet movie. Mm-hmm. Do you know what else came out in 1994? Me. The Sega 32X. I was born that year. Sega 32X. Me. Sega 32X. Oh, yeah, look at that. Whoa. He denied her, man, though. He shoved her off. Yeah, he's going to punch her if she's not careful. I like how she, like, stealthily takes them, even though he clearly just, like, walks out the door. He couldn't give a shit. So, originally, there were three paintings. There was the couple one. There was one with cows. And there was one with a small boy. Mm. Yet again, they made an appropriate cut. Well, I mean, I yeah, probably. It's really Catch-22. They all did the same thing, so... I call that's a rule. <laughs> well, listen to Granny. Yeah. Good old zombie people. Yeah. The corrupted one. See, Ben's just like the homeless people in Prince of Darkness. The That's very right. clear, direct connection between the HP Lovecraft themes. I think, honestly, I think Prince of Darkness was his first attempt at doing Lovecraft. Like, really, like, leaning into it. It wasn't, though. Because he specifically said what he wanted to do with the movie. And he did it. He just did a shitty job with it. Yeah, that's what well, I'm saying. I think that was his attempt. This was his success. No, he said he wanted to do Satan with science. That that yeah, was his whole an, driving force behind the movie. Not it wasn't really Lovecraftian. Yeah, I think it is. I think it really is. Depending on if you actually read a lot of Lovecraft, it's not Lovecraftian in like the main characters of Lovecraft kind of way, but like the themes and the narrative structure Fair and enough. the way the characters interact are very Lovecraftian. The storytelling and ah, Rasa Fressa, Rasa Fressa. Yeah, bitch. How do you not see him? He doesn't stare at women's ankles. That's rude. Bring me a gas. Those are erogenous zones. Ooh. Erogenous. I like your big words. I like your big face. <laughs> How did he get into the bar? He walked. Where is, who let him in? Does it just unlock? Uh, I mean, he just got in. I, yeah, but, like, what happened? A wizard did it. 
Why the fuck do they choose Vigo for this? It's just the actor they got. Why does everyone have some sort of strange accent in this movie, you know? Because they're weird characters and they'd probably have some, like, obscure descriptive thing in the book. But he's like a country farmer, so why does he sound like he's from Sweden or Norway? Because it's the 90s and everyone was foreign then. (laughs) More like the 90s, am I right? I just this, offended someone. Of all the thing that of all the things that don't make sense in this movie, this is one of my favorite ones. Just random anecdotal. How'd you not notice that? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it's mommy's day. Yeah, it's mommy's day. It will be on Sunday. Before uh, the week we're recording this, Matt, why the fuck did you have to date this? This shit's not going on for like years. I know that's the best part. They'll never know. What year did we even record this? Who knows? I can't wait for 2014. Me too. It's gonna be great. The new Limbiscuit album is gonna be killer. I hear Batiste is coming back. That's gonna be fun. Ooh, I hope he wears blue. Mm. Sutter Kane's favorite color. Sutter Kane. I've asked people that before. Has anyone read Sutter Kane? Only one guy got it, and it was, every other time it's been incredibly awkward. And they're like, "Oh, who's that?" And I'm like, "He's a fake author from a movie." No, you got to play it straight. I have a few times, and then people like Google it. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and I'm I'm like, "Oh, yeah, well, I was just fucking with you." He, he's a well-known author. He's, he's best known for In the Mouth of Madness, which was Hobbs turned into Ford. a really popular movie. That's technically not a lie. Ben, I want you to convince somebody that Cedric Kane's real in the next week. Matt, I talked to someone who didn't know what Led Zeppelin was. What? Did that's I not like, tell like, you this story? Who do you work with? No, no, I went on a date with someone. Whoa, Really? Yeah, they had no idea who they had no idea who Led Zeppelin was, who Guns N' Roses were. They said they loved karaoke, but they'd never heard of Bohemian Rhapsody. How do you love karaoke and not know that song? Yeah, when I told her about Queen, she was like, "Oh, they're those guys who do We Will Rock You, right?" I mean, she's not wrong. I mean, she's, she's not wrong, wrong, but you know, on a moral level, at least she knows one. It's better than nothing, right? Meanwhile, she was criticizing me for not knowing the hip-hop lyrics of, like, I don't know, like, like Big Tush or something. Wow. Uncle Cranberry. Alright, there's a movie going on. Welcome to In the Mouth of Madness. (laughs) Linda. Linda. I really like Sutter Kane's character. He's such like the sleazy author. Makes the real Sutter Kane very self-aware too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really believes that like his character needed to be this way. I wonder, do, do, did they ever say how much uh, credit he got on writing on like the screenplay? Sutter Kane. Yeah. 
like Kay Faber shoot. <laughs> Shit, Ben. <laughs> Fucked it up. Kayfabe. It's done now. What's been done's been done. It's there is too perfect. But, One listener gets that, and it's the people we show it to. But you realize, Matt, that Sutter I I I, I like all the Stephen King illusions because if Stephen King wrote this book or wrote this screenplay, I think he would write the Stephen King character exactly like Sutter Kane is portrayed oh, yeah. here. Well, John Carpenter's done in his own movies before where he's basically made the the person he wants to be. It's like Russell Crowe in all the movies is kind of like a very a very clear extension of John Car- who John Carpenter wishes he was. Someone did like a really weird self-portrait of H.P. Lovecraft and Stephen King. Oh, good old tentacles. I lo- that's a really good cut. Like a really good like uh, montage thing. I like the blood. That's nice. Eh. Oh, I wish you had tasted it. I wish you had tasted it. That's a little heavy. I like it that way. Oh, oh, and I don't know. Sexual attention. Don't you just hate it when your second face comes out? Yeah, it just reveals itself. (laughs) Ooh, she's getting touchy. What a cuck. This guy's having quite the night. People in like the '90s just had to put up with so much bullshit. Mm-hmm. See, he's in room number nine, which is Ooh. the same room as his uh, cell. Oh, consistencies. I like that line. I'm losing me. I'm losing me. She totally wants it. I mean, look at her. If college taught me anything, it's that the less conscious, the better. And we move forward. And we're kidding. Comedy, satire. More like sad tire. Those are fun little creatures. So that. Yeah, that right there is at least closer to what the original script had in mind. More oh. more mobile versions, but closer. Mm. What a dick. I like how he just goes straight to, come on, you old bitch. Like, yeah, well, he thinks they're still actors. He's, like, really over this whole, like, movie bullshit. I like to imagine they just had him do like 30 takes just to get aggravated. So just to bring things full circle, this scene really makes me wish we could have gotten Rob Bottin Yeah. in this movie. Cause, Rob Bottin would have really tied this all together. Because these effects are not great. No. Not even compared to like the Prince of Darkness stuff and the thing. Prince of Darkness, there wasn't much to talk about. The thing was a masterclass. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's Rob Bottin. He literally thought he was doing the effects to get a role in a movie, Ben. I, I, I've, that's probably the one thing I've gleaned most from watching all these movies. Mm. Is that I, I think I love Rob Bottin. Yeah, I love Rob Bottin. He lived out our dream. I want to know what that sound effect is because it just sounds like zippers. Wow. See how thick that door was? That's a hefty door, Gal. So my question here is, is when did he get the car keys back? Well, she drove back. Yeah, but where'd he get the keys? It's she a kinda, book. She kind of fell into the room. Do you realize Rob Bottin has a fan page on Facebook? Oh, really? Are you a fan of it? I, I am now. Good. It took him a long time to be willing to hit these people with his car. Because I would have been like... Yeah, I would have murdered these motherfuckers. Point, Especially when that happened. <laughs> so petty. Yeah. Fuck you. I like how they're angry at him just for like being there. I, I, I'm sorry. I know we're watching this movie on Rob Bottin's fan page. It says the real Rob Bottin is a recluse who doesn't hang out on the internet and doesn't like being interviewed. You will not see or hear much from him. Hell, most people don't even know where he is or what he's doing with his life. That makes me want to find Rob Bottin even more. Yeah, I want to, like, follow this up. I want to, like, go and interview him. Ben, we need, we need to go on an adventure to interview Rob Bottin. Oh, Vico. My five-year-old. My five-year-old Johnny's sister. This is what happens when I'm released from the painting. See, at this point, at this point, you know it's not fake. Well, but this is the point where he's like, this, this is real, to be fair. Yeah, but, but then why don't you just hit them with your car? Well, but you're, I, well I mean, like he you're tries gonna... to save Linda first. Well, that was a mistake. She just punched him. Gotcha, bitch. Pal, right in the kisser. Pal you just right know that was John Carpenter's favorite part of this movie. Okay. You know, he, he just he just takes him to the side. He's like, look, when you punch her, can you just, like, actually punch her? Mm-hmm. Just please just hit her once. Just, like, just, just like punch her really fucking hard. Those keys were made out of pasta. Oh, that's convenient. <laughs> he recorded those sound effects himself at home. I like how she managed to swallow car keys. And he knows how to hotwire a car. Yeah, you would have thought that once he knocked her out, it would have been easier to just make her 
force her to vomit. Or just, you know, pull pull the giant serrated metal pieces out of her throat. Yeah, because she's probably choking to death right now. Well, she's not real. Oh, right. She's a monsty. He literally saw tentacles come out of her. Why is he trying to save her? He's an he's an R slash nice guy. Oh Jesus fuck. <laughs> I love that. <gasps> A bike. I thought he couldn't get off his bike. Shh. Stop. Stop that. Well, he's old now. Oh, okay. So it's different. I, I don't know, dude. Filmmaking. Oh, I love the sound effects there. Sounds like wet spaghetti and hot meat. Could you imagine what this would have looked like if Rob Bottin had did it? I hope it would have looked exactly the same. The sound effects are really good, though, to be fair. Yeah, I've never paid attention paid attention to them that, this much. And holy hell, those sound effects were provocative. Oh, yeah, that light right on the eyes. Yeah, get that ring light. Mm. Mm. He's, like, driving in the middle, like, over the line. That's not very good. Yeah. That or the camera's positioned over his, like, left side view mirror. To be fair, like, if he tried to run over all those people, that would fuck his car up so bad. It'd be like in GTA San Andreas when instead of letting you just have fun and run over 30 people at a time, it stopped your car almost immediately and ruined the game. That shit is really sad. I forgot that about, about San Andreas. I mean, it doesn't ruin it, but it's a real bummer. Yeah. That was my favorite thing about uh, the Burnout games when you could still run into the back of cars. And one of the games, you couldn't do it. Well, in only one game can you run into the back of cars and get a speed boost from it. Well, yeah, like in, in Burnout, uh, what was it, Rampage? Burnout 3? Revenge? Burnout, it was Burnout 3. Was it Burnout? No, I think it was Burnout Revenge. The one with Red Line by Billy Talon is a song in it. It was on Xbox three it was on Xbox, original Xbox. It was it was Revenge or Dominator. I'm pretty sure it was Revenge. Burnout Revenge. Where you which was Burnout Four. You can run to the back of cars in Paradise. I mean if you want to wreck your car, sure. Well no, I'm saying though, in in there was one anyway, revenge. regardless. Yeah, no, it was revenge. Yeah, so I was right. Okay. Yeah. Because that's the one that had the like the, just the destruction. The, the really one gives you like the mode. super speed boost. Well, it didn't give you speed boost. What I remember is it would launch the other car forward. Yeah. So he here, he should have just run her over. Hey, I remember when we took the Illinois driving safety test. When you see a deer, what do you do, Ben? You hit that motherfucker. 
Yep. It says in the test it says to accelerate. As is appropriate whenever you see a deer in the middle of the road. Other people I tell that to, they're not phased at all by it. I think it's a little jarring. Yeah, it was for me. But everyone else is like, uh, yeah, duh, just murder the fucking deer. Well, killing the deer isn't the problem. It's just the fact that it tells you to accelerate. <laughs> Sutter cane, more like sitter cane. <laughs> It, it's hard. It's hard to imagine after seeing this movie so many times that there's still 40 minutes left in it. Mondays, right? I gotta get up really early. <laughs> what time do you have to get up? Uh, I have to be up at around like 5:30, 5:15. No, don't do that. Don't. I, do I don't that. have a choice. I have to go to work. That's what a naked woman looks like. Mm-hmm. I like how that bright white flash is never answered, like, what that is. It's just a random bright flash. It's him teleporting. But he's on the other side. Yeah, he teleports the other side. on the nose (laughs) it really is weird isn't it that this is really only well, no, there's only about a half hour left in the movie. Well, we're at like we're at like the tail end of the second act. Yeah. I love that. I love that line. Like how, it was like Sutter came was like admiring him. That if if that was the selling point of a book these days, it would sell. It would sell like fucking crazy. That's like, that's, that's like the theme of uh, American Gods by uh, Neil Gaiman. <laughs> Gaiman. You fuck. I love his I love his physical acting here. His eyes never stop moving. Yeah, it's pretty good. Hi, Daddy. I like how his ability is just pressing people's faces to random surfaces and showing them the future. Yeah. It's a very specific superpower to have, but it's a welcome one. I'd take it. Maybe this is what would have happened if H.P. Lovecraft hadn't mysteriously died. 
I killed him. With the power of love. Power of love. I like how Linda's just randomly there. Yeah, hey, Linda. Character. What's up, babe? She's there to help him. He's the most arrogant character ever. But he's justified. Well, I mean, if he wrote all of this, you know, it's kind of, yeah, it is kind of justified. I think a lot of people underestimate the fact that they would be reacting just like him in this kind of situation. They'd be refusing to believe it. Because it's so hard to accept if it was happening to you in real life. Yeah. I I mean, at, at a certain... If, if all this stuff happened to me in real life, my mind would already be mush at this point, and I'd have probably yeah. passed out. So, at this point, you'd so be fine. So, honestly, he's taking it pretty well. Yeah, I guess. You know, what, how would you feel, Matt, if you woke up one day and someone was like, so... You're in a book, and you've been written to do everything you've been told in your life, and everything is a lie. You know. I just ask him to prove it. That's cheating. I love the tunnel. Just the aesthetic of it is really cool. The way the how like wet they made the floor. Mm-hmm. The wetness was a really big part of the original script, and they toned it down here. Yeah. So that no one really talks about, but still sort of there. It seems kind of random to me. Oh, things being moist are a very popular way to make things uncomfortable. I, Rob Bottin would have never thought of this effect. That's a clever effect. It is really clever. I don't even quite know how they did it animation I mean I guess I like he just like, layered stuff on top of it but still I love that he goes and looks he's like oh I mean I wouldn't you look to be fair yeah no I definitely would I mean he was written to do so true, true. at least the words are nice and big mm-hmm I'm so glad they don't show it. Mm-hmm. The darkness is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Also, the writing was a little repetitive. She said pouring twice, I think. Topping. Topping. I like I like I like how he gets farther than shorter than farther away in the mm-hmm. 
Here's all of their budget. Or at least their effects budget. So I think it was this scene, I think, where they had just a giant wall of zombies. Yeah, they, they have a giant zombie wall. Which like is one giant one. Yeah, in the back, it's just one giant piece that a bunch of people had. Wow. And you, you were going to keep talking, you didn't. Ben. Yeah? You're, 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 you're about to say something, you stopped. No, no, I said it. Well. Yeah, no, that, that was it. No, they just had a, one of their costumes. It wasn't a costume, but they had a prop which just looked like a bunch of zombies. And they ran it on a device towards the screen to sort of fill out. Ben, who, here's your trivia question. Who's that? That's, that's, that's Darth Vader. <laughs> You're right. Darth Vader. You are going to be in a very shitty Star Wars movie. And then you are going to be retroactively put in the original trilogy. You little shit. He got got into the Screen Actors Guild because of this. That kid's not going to go and look that up when he gets home. Well, they don't really have internet. He's going to ask somebody. Hey, Mom, what's Hobbs End? He probably thinks it's a sex thing. Do you want to hob my end? I have named many... I I have named a few personal possessions Sutter Kane. They just miss the good old days of hitchhiking. Mm. Back when being a serial killer was easy. Sutter Kane would be the good would be a good name for a pet. I've I've said the exact same thing. I would love the name a dog Sutter Kane. Come here, Sutter. He'd be a Sutter Canine. Oh, oh, Bazinga! Don't you fucking! <laughs> it wasn't Don't that bad. Sheldon. Don't you watch a Young Sheldon, Ben? Oh my god, there's ads for that all over town still. Still? Yeah. It's beautiful. It was so weird the other day, there was an ad for Blockers with John Cena in it. And then right Did be- you see it? And then right behind him was a sign for the Andre the Giant documentary. I was like, that's so weird. That was intentional. Reality is breaking down. How nice is he paid for it? <laughs> Dude. I love this I love this guy's character. Nice handwriting. Yeah. Convenient, concise. I wonder if the guy who wrote that got a credit. Oh, did did you see what the number on his door was? It was six. An upside-down nine. Because his world's been turned upside-down. Been turned flipped right upside-down. 
I, I like how he calculatedly slid into grabbing him by the shirt. Yeah. I, I didn't like, see shit. The implication of that. You know, the the amount of motel bathrooms where this almost exact thing has probably happened. Where someone got a demonic movie script and tried to burn it in a sink? Yes. They were probably that high, Ben. I wonder if she reads Sutter Kane. I really want to hear the rest of her story. Yeah, she she needs she needs a spinoff movie. God, that'd be awesome. No, it wouldn't. God, wouldn't that be creepy to wake up to that face? I'd poop. (laughs) Now watch all the eyes. Well, you know, and the whole screen. I I wish the whole movie was like this for the rest of it. I really don't. That would be so annoying. I have night terrors. See, it would have been awesome if they cut to a close-up of... Like the bus driver and his eyes were blue, you know? Bright, or, like Elijah Wood blue. Yeah, or if like in that shot right there, the woman's eyes were blue, they were brown. It should be. Oh, yeah. That's an inconsistency. His eyes are blue. <laughs> I love that. I like how he just leaves. It just makes it so much worse. You should peel back that poster, yo. Just arbitrarily. Just you arbitrarily do it. Every time you've walked by here, nothing bad has ever happened. You know you want to. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do oh, it now. Peel it. <gasps> That's him! No way. <gasps> I wish it said I can see on the wall in spray paint. Well, it does when he's when the one guy's getting beat up. No, I'm saying like I wish it did there. You could see it. Oh, I see. Oh, I can see. I love all the subtle stuff he does at this point. Yeah. Just his head and eyes are constantly moving around. Yeah, he has really good, like, non verbal acting. Like, even when they're destroying the back of his head, he's doing it too. <laughs> Poor Linda. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) 
so I read an interesting theory on the book where Linda should actually have more power in this mm. world because she's the editor. So she yeah, should true. be able to like change how the story ends. Eh, but now if, she's not real. If it was she a di- the actual editor, she's if not the w- real. She's the in character editor. If it was a different movie, that would be an interesting idea. Where it's like the character becomes life, mm-hmm. you Is know, and then and then has her own will, I guess, and then she combats her master. But that's a completely different movie. Yeah, there's there's a there's a movie where I can't remember who stars in it, but the the theme of the movie, the plot of the movie, is that a guy gets a um, a typewriter, and whatever he writes on it becomes reality. And he like the, the plot of the movie is like him trying to like create things and like like and like create like his like his the his true love by writing a book about her. But like every time he adds something about her, he keeps trying to change her and edit her, and she keeps changing. It's a really good movie. I swear I've seen it. I just don't remember what the name is. Yeah, me neither. I know I've seen it. I have no idea what it's called. I, I think it was really sad, though. It was. It was very sad. It, had, it was kind of like an Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind type of movie. Pickles. Yep. I like how no one realizes how much it looks like him. I mean, to be fair... You know, he's yeah, he like he's all sweaty and dirty and shit. <laughs> I like the blood. Yeah. What a fucking shot that he could kill him in one axe shot. Just cleaved his head in half. Either that or just a really sharp axe. Por que no estos? The whole crowd lost their shit when I saw this in the theater there. It's a good line. People cheered. It's an incredibly well-written line. I want to know who who did all the crosses, because that must have taken forever. The crosses? I don't know. You just get you just get an intern, give him one crayon that's halfway broken in thirty minutes. They can do wonders.
I love the Doctor character. I don't know why. Well, listen, I love. I really like his delivery there because he says it like the guy at the beginning. Do you read such a cane? He says it so innocently, I guess. Yeah, then the look at the end. He's like, he's like, uh huh. I'm not. I'm. I'm normal. He looks healthy. Yeah. I like the giant crosses right in his crotch. And that's where I'd put a cross. I'm sure you do. Ward off any vampires. Only the sexy ones. Yeah, because you want to ward them off. You know, some of those crosses are really just X's. Most of them are just X's. Yeah, I'm not sure if that helps them at all. Some of them are T's. Sounds like a rock and rave. If this had original John Carpenter music over it, it would look really ravey. Imagine like sweet synths. Any minute now, dear. I really wish they had done like the hand again. That would be a nice way to tie it all together, because the hand as it is is a little random then. God, I love that cut. Yeah, it's really jarring, because yeah, you don't know not... what side it's coming from. It's like just like a random new chapter take, taking place an hour later. That door is just miffed. Hmm. Left. Right, no, we're good. No spooky monsters. I like how considerate Sutter Kane is, just making sure he didn't get slaughtered in the middle of the night. Good for him. Real winner. Tier one. I like how you can see the copies of the book on the floor. Mm hmm. I don't think you ever see what happens to the doctor, though. No, you don't. You don't get to, you don't get to see what happens to literally any other character from this point. Which forward. is kind of depressing. I wish we had some closure on him. Maybe I. I don't know. I just like him. That was him. There, we'll there's just, your closure. Button. We'll just pretend that was him. Yep. He just will forever creep around. I like the idea that someone flung people into that light fixture up top. Oh, of course. Which is completely implausible. Not if you're not if you're a Cthulhu-esque ancient one. Remember, Sutter Kane's god now. I like how he's like, I'm gonna clean up so people don't think I'm crazy. He's like, oh, that's that's way not crossy enough. Mm-hmm. I have to redo everything now. I think he just didn't want to have to wear all that that paint on this face. Now see, I feel bad for the intern who'd have to clean all that up. See, that's a water plant. Yeah. True. It looks like a, it's actually a really cool location. With John Trent. I like all the actors, John Trent. Yeah, aside from the three characters oh, that are listed, everyone else on shown on the poster was in those positions for the film. That's sweet. Who were those humans standing in the background just like, who sold him popcorn? He just took some himself. Yeah, good point. 
that line gets a repeat. Yeah. We know what order they filmed this movie in. They're skipping a couple scenes. At least he's enjoying it. Yeah, he's having a really good time. I la- I think I think he's laughing more than I did. Isn't it weird that he could see all of Linda's stuff from her perspective when he's retelling it? Don't thinking about it. Don't think about it. Okay. Yeah, rock music. I love this music. Thank you, Adam Druxman. Thank you, Gene Mack. Wilhelm von Herb. Conrad Bergschneider. Lance Patton. Matt, we just did it. We just we just mouthed that madness. We just completed an in-depth analysis of John Carpenter's Apocalypse trilogy. For as terrible as this was, I... I think that we provided about as deep of an analysis yeah, of these I, three really... movies as there as there is. Not to not to, to pat ourselves on the back, but you know, to rub our ourselves out. But yeah, I think we did a good job. Uh, sure. I think we did better than we could have expected ourselves doing it. We actually did it. That that much is true. So, well, Matt, do you have any? As we let the credits roll. Do you have any closing thoughts on the Apocalypse Trilogy, what this means to you and what you've gleaned from it? I think it's one of the most interesting like, set of films in the horror world that aren't, con- like, in non-connected trilogies. You know, there's not really too many that you can think of that are, in like, three separate. Like, it's like the Cornetto Trilogy of the horror genre. It's the Cornetto Trilogy of, like, of H.P. Lovecraft, like, deep and passionate love and that kind of storytelling, and it came from that vein. I think it's an incredible movie. It's fun to watch. If you ever, ever have the chance, see it on a big screen. That's how I saw it, and it was perfect. This movie was incredible. It was an event just because of how big it was. Uh, Ben, some point in our life, we're going to have to see it together. Uh, But Ben... Uh, before we wrap up, do you have any last thoughts on this movie? For me, I think that one amazing movie, one unbearably bad movie, one really, really super good movie. If I had to rate between this one and The Thing, hard to say. I've yeah, seen what's the thing number a lo- one? I, I've seen this thing a lot more, so I tend to prefer that just because I grew up with that one. But, okay. you know, I think that the story here is probably a bit stronger. So over time, I may have to say this one's a bit better. I but, I personally like this one more. Yeah, I I, I, I know I've you said this is like more. yeah your movie, but yeah. f- for me, looking at the trilogy, I think that the themes are kind of overblown. I think that John Carpenter being Uh-oh. considered an artiste is a little overstated, but I think that ultimately what it is is that John Carpenter was in general really good at making b movies and he made some movies which were just because he had interests 
They ended up being thematically pretty similar. And they, two of the three ended up being really, really good because he's good at his job. Um, he is a great director. Unless it's The Prince of Darkness. No, he's he's either really good or really bad. You know? And I think he's all great. I, it's objectively wrong. But... To you. My, my favorite uh, part of these credits are at the very end, the American Humane tag i assume you've oh, seen that right yeah yeah a couple yeah times. human interaction was monitored by the interplanetary psychiatric association the body count was high the casualties are heavy i love that nice little cap off to the fact that this is the mouth of madness this is the apocalypse uh, trilogy it has been it will always be and we did the best he's been matt I've been me. We will see you next time. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on this journey through the thing, through Prince of Darkness, and into the Mouth of Madness. We have completed John Carpenter's Apocalypse Trilogy. This has been the Festival of Findings, and we will fest with you next time. Find us on social media. Share. Ask us for videos. Tell us what to put up. We're awesome. Hashtag at Dr. Gore Wizard. And are you ready for the music, Matt? Let's Three, do it. Let's get funky. Two, one, go. Actually ready. I'm I'm at I'm I'm kayfabe and shoot ready. Oh shit! All right. I need to order food. I haven't eaten yet. Neither have I. Yeah, but is it about to be nine o'clock where you are? In two hours it will be. Yeah, go fuck yourself. All right. Let's let's do 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 do. Wait.